Close your eyes, leave all your troubles behind. Yes, it's fine. Come kick it with me in my imagination. In my imagination. Well, sometimes my mind. Welcome to episode 70 of Eat, Sleep, Run, Repeat, the running podcast for the average runner. Special guest live in the studio with us today famous runner of the bush turkey track club clive gross welcome mate hey guys thanks what a for having superstar. me superstar so <laughs> at the moment it's just uh myself woolly and sparling in session i think nathan might be joining us soon but yeah how have you been going steve big week um, of training pretty good mate i nearly cracked 100 k but um over fifty percent of that was uh, trails this week. I've done some serious, uh, nearly twenty six hundred meters of elevation this week. So nice, yeah, some big big numbers. But feeling really good. I, I just said to the boys this morning, recovering really well now that it's become more of a regular thing over the last three weeks. Um, I don't even feel sore, but we it's probably my fastest run today on the track that we did and the courses we did. Lots of PRs. Um, we did nearly, um, nearly 1400 meters this morning over 29 Ks. So, yeah. Was that partly on oh. the guzzler course? Um, majority the plan, Dara King's doing it. So Dara, Sam, Hyam, another fellow from the Morton Bay Roadrunners, um, uh, Ricardo. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, know, Ricardo. He joined us this morning. Uh, he's a bit, a bit slower, but he decided that he's going to do his own loop while we smashed out something different and uh we all went down to gold creek reservoir which is about a 6k loop down at um it's part of the guzzler course last year it was terrible as they they graded it and it was like walking with bloody snowshoes on man that just clogged up, up full of mud yeah. so every every step was like a kilo heavier than what it should have been i had a look i run that little 6k course about five minutes or so quicker than last year during the guzzler today and we got all equal times on we got, we all placed fifth on the um segment today of all time just as a training run wow. um yeah all of us placed fifth equal because we we're all obviously following each other so we got exactly the same time same same pace everything so it's really weird this is all on gold coast as well no i probably should do but it's gonna still be training for the guzzler at that stage, I'm just going to try and smash as much elevation in my legs beforehand. I think elevation is the key here. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like you're coming into good form anyway. Yeah. I recently got parkrun PB. Um, what did I do? GC30 was really good at 432 pace. And then I smashed a um, at that, what is it called? The Queensland Half Marathon last weekend. On, I got a PB for the half as well. So 130, 38. So pretty good. You're right on the cusp of sub 90. <laughs> Close as. Glenn Kidney's the biggest supporter. He's like incoming sub 90. Yeah. That's what he keeps saying. Incoming 90 yeah. park run. Yeah. It'll happen. You just got to keep pressing on. That's it. Mate, what happened at park run this week? <laughs> oh, no. I had a shocker, eh? I met up with um, Sam Gardner from the Tagulua 100. He's the winner from the Tagulua 100. He's a, him and his mate, um, Robert Luffing, I think it's Luffingham. I'll probably screw that up. But anyway, um, we met at 
so Leslie Patrick and we did a few laps there and had a bit of a chat and and then they said hey you want to go do Mitchelton Park Run it was just a, a thing I put up there because it's pretty cool like as a as a Saturday morning you can do so, sort of something and include Park Run yeah, yeah let's go and then um yeah Robert said let's go now it's about 3k away we should make it we got there about three minutes before the start and I wasn't even going to hit it but everything's come good and the pace seems to come on easy you know what I mean I don't know when you're on, you're on. And we started off and then it co- it's, not, it's the new course. I've only ever run the old course probably last year or the year before. So this is a PB, even though I stuffed it up really bad. Um, it starts on the grass and you run along. They've got like a tunnel, a chute, sorry, that's got the flags up and you run down and then you join the old Mitchelton Park Run course, which is on a pathway. And it goes about probably probably four or five hundred meters further than it used to, and you turn around and go back the other way. And on the way back, in my head, I'm thinking I got this corner, this corner, and I got to go down around the next one, and then onto the finish line. And next minute, a lady yells out, "Oh, you've missed the finish!" And it was one of the park run people with the timer, and I've gone, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and um, and she said, "Just just turn around, go go go!" And I sort of turned around a tree, so I've already passed the finish line, and I had to go back, and I'm running along the flags and then she said just go under the bloody rope and i went oh shit how embarrassing and just crossed the finish line so i went from i think fourth to eight oh, spewing. the guy that was behind me finished at 1929 so i was somewhere in just ahead of him so yeah and he was laughing as he went past going i was chasing you down as he passed me going back around the tree back the other he way could and have, then... he could have yelled out and said you're going wrong no damn it yeah I was well, that, was a, that was a PB, yeah. but though you said it would have been there, yeah. It was 19, uh, 20 minutes 12. So I think I would have finished somewhere ahead of that 19, 29 guy, but yeah, I lost four positions at some stage at that last little bit. But yeah, it was good. I, I said to Steve on Saturday, I rang him about his run and I said, sub four minute pace just seems to be easier now. Mm. Um, and I was running, I wasn't even in super shoes, I was wearing a dirty old Paris Endorphin Speeds that's got about 500 and something k's on them and they were soaking wet too full of uh water so they're heavy so where have, we're ever, running... have you ever run that um park run clive no no i've done done a couple in perth done sandgate did zilmir once did um what's the other fast one kedron kedron done kedron yeah. once that's it it's not it's not the flattest course like it's an oh, undulating it, course. you go you go under the main road yeah. so you go down like um so you come along and next minute, all of a sudden you're going down under a footbridge, which is the actual main road. So you go along under, it's probably like maybe 30 meters down under, and then you go up a rise on the other side. So all the underpasses go under the main road through, what's that? Um, Kelvin Grove, is it? Must be Kelvin Grove. Oh yeah, or Everton, Everton. Everton Park, Kelvin yeah, Grove yeah. Road. Everton so yeah, Park, you go yeah. under those two roads. Yeah, so it's pretty cool though. It's just an out and back, but you can send it as much as you can. I said to Steve, every time I got to a hill, you see people run down. I was just hammering it down. I was making up positions as I was going down. And then they get to the other side and you run the hills as fast as you can out of the little hole. So every time I was doing that, I was picking up position here and there, which is really cool. And then kept looking at my watch going 350 pace, 351, 355. This is awesome. Um, In a pair of dirty old endorphin speeds, but then stuff at the end, the last... 40 meters. That's all that's all it was. <laughs> At least you would know for next time. Yeah, it sounds like you're due for a fast one in super shoes. Yeah. I've done North Lakes just before GC30. I got a PB 1925 and then I did it again the other week. 
um, off a really terrible start because I was half asleep. But yeah, I'm happy I've got the same PB twice there, and it would have been roughly that same speed, probably maybe that mm. same time there at Everton Park. So pretty cool. It's good to run with um Sam and that they're clocking some massive K's. Hey, eh? Rob's doing the Guzzler fifty two, so it's cool to meet him and um Sam. I think last week he did 232 Ks, somewhere around that. Wow. Massive week, so he's Holy he's shit. still on he's he's done over 200 Ks this week from this morning. He's probably got a treadmill left in him later <laughs> today. He'll probably get close to where he was last week as well. That's a lot of hours of running, isn't it? Yeah. It's a lot it's of like, time, eh? I think 18 hours last week. It's a long oh. time. Yeah. So it's I think a lot of load like, on the body, eh? Like ugh. yeah. And that I don't know if that includes. It must do because it's Strava. He does like um before he goes for these runs, he jumps on the treadmill and does like a kilometer warm up or so, you know. And then he goes out and he'll run thirty k's. And then wow. yeah. sounding very yeah. like cameraman esque. He does. Uh, it's it'd be so interesting if he finds something that requires something that he's producing like um. Like he, 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 Tagulawa, he done the hundred Ks and he's like, and he smashed it out at like 530 something kilometer, 530 pace or something, 540 maybe. And he just needs something that's within that range that he's doing just to, mm. to do that no one else is doing, you know, and then he'll be superior, be a huge yeah. run. Something, it'll come up. He's just keeping this massive base. I said, what are you running for? It's, it's a huge base that you're doing. And he goes, he's got a few plans, but he's he didn't really sort of say, but something's going to come up. He's he's addicted to it. Yeah. Addicted Can't to stop. the pain. Yeah. He said he pulled up pretty sore from that big one last week, but during the week, obviously running that same distance again, he's just fixed it, I guess. Just run another 18 hours and sort it out. Yeah. It's amazing but, um, what the body can just get conditioned to, though, isn't it? Like It's, it's weird, eh? starts to be able to take that damage yeah. and just keep going it's incredible well it's the same like i um i haven't run too many trails i only started like three or four weeks ago but just smashing the elevation the body's just recuperating i, I feel fine after doing almost 30 k's with that amount of elevation today i don't know how it works everything was a pr today nearly everything so yes yeah, we sort of hit everything as hard as we were just jogging together and like they dara's as far as i know dara's Morton Bay Road Runner, you'd probably know him very well. Yeah, no, Dara's a good bloke. You ran with Dara today, did you? Yeah, the little Irish guy. I told yeah. him if I slow down on the course, can I borrow some of his calf muscles? He's got some of the biggest calf muscles I've ever yeah, seen yeah. on a runner. He Jesus does have big Christ. calves. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, He um, also wears kids' T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, uh, he's a great guy, and he's just started King's Coaching, so he's got his own... Um, team he's got about 10 clients at the moment and that's where he's at so he's coaching and and he's bloody quick too isn't he he is like what's he's he run like, at north mate, Lakes park run like i don't know if he's that far behind you i think his pr oh. is like around about that 17 and a half minutes from memory yeah and he can pull out a good performance with pretty pretty minimal mileage too like i think he did low yeah. 120s i don't know if you uh, guys know Coast half last year and it, oh, he's only really doing like yeah, he's, he's quick on he's quick on the road, but he's super quick on trails. Um, I think he's given himself a bit of a sort of um, he was sort of talking himself out of being awesome today. But I've seen his results at different events that he's run, and he's done like um, some trail running and picked up podiums. So he's he's really quick. Mm. So 
realistically, he said today he'd be happy with about six hours, but I'd, I'd probably put him under that for the guzzler. So, and, and it's got to be said, Ricardo has got to be the one of the coolest names. Yeah, man. Reckon? Ricardo, yeah. that just sounds so... He's a cool dude, so too. Cool. Yeah. He made a... Uh, so at the uh, NBR Art Pub Champs, he made these uh, wheat bix um, biscuits, like super healthy and so tasty. I had like 11 of them. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, after the run, he's, he's a pretty cool guy. He goes, I got some snacks, guys, banana, this, this. And he goes, oh, I've also got some sushi if anyone wants sushi. I'm like, Jesus Christ. He's, he's, bought, he's bought his whole bloody day's worth of um, food along and wanted to share it with everyone. So I actually said to Sam today on the way home, and said, imagine those two having a bit of a conversation that you got the Irish guy's accent and then you got an um, Italian fellow's accent and trying to have a talk between them at, at certain points of the day. I'm going, what did he just say? You know, like you got Paul pretty... Gourlay in the mix and you, you wouldn't oh, know what, who's Christ. saying what. <laughs> I know, it's pretty thick. Their accents are so thick too. Um, Ricardo, he's just like full on. But um, he had a really good run too. He's doing the 100K guzzler. So he just run, um, I think, what did he do today? I think he's done about 50K over the two days on the weekend just just trail running so um but he's come off injury as well so he's back he's he said close as he can be to 100 percent. so looking forward to see how everyone's going to go they're all right run, everyone's running really well though love to do a trail race that i actually prepared for like i always just enter them last minute and yeah as soon as i start hitting the heels i think god i've got to do some hill training and yep. i just suffer the whole way wow what did you do today, Clive? You did some sort of trail as well. Yeah, we went out to uh, Beerburham East State Forest. We go yeah. out there every now and then. It's it's really nice just for, you know, some nice running off the roads. Yeah. Um, soft surfaces. It's yeah. um it's like an old forestry area. So the roads sort of cut through like a grid through the yeah, yeah. through the forest. So that obviously the logging trucks and that can get through. Yeah. Uh, so you just got these lines. long, yeah, got these long corridors of dirt road with like pine trees on either side and yeah, really yeah. nice when the sun comes up and that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Steve and I just did that and um, yeah, jogged around for two and a half hours. and Quickly. Was I was pretty slow actually. Like we, there was a few muddy sections where we sort of tiptoed through and probably lost yeah. a bit of pace and had to sort of start up again. We were talking today, the trails changed. So you go from where you were today and it's sandy clay that holds water and you go to Inogra, it's like gravel and slate that stays dry. Like you can run it after a bit of rain but obviously there's some deeper sections so you've got some really big in and outs of the water holes and stuff like that in the creeks and then you go to kutha and it's totally different again it's like weird eh, how it all changes like yeah. obviously the coastline i guess it's close to sort of that coastline up that way at beer barham and and um and biwa that sort of area is like it's yeah. just it's just clay and it holds water yeah transitions throughout the forest like there's a few sections that are sort of soft sand then there's like hard compacted like yellow yeah. um, sand and like with hard big clumps of rock yeah. and then you get the, like the orange gravel sort of tracks as well so it's, yeah. yeah a bit of everything and then the and then the clay that gets you hey eh, steve that's where the steve special started back yeah. back in the day that, that was a um beer barum yeah that's probably Nathan. probably run on a few of the yeah. um, the roads that clive run today by the looks of it but yeah sections of that was just like like so deep it was like halfway up your shins you know your feet just sunk mm. really it's such a diverse forest it's just yeah. the water it doesn't matter after no rain it seems to hold water there yeah and, it's all, and the clay is always wet so it just it's just a weird thing 
Yeah, and that clay gets super slippery. <laughs> yeah. You stay I'm away scared. from that, though, I think. Yeah, not a great idea two weeks from a marathon. It's definitely ankle rolling territory. <laughs> has, has Stephen Butcher got the big handlebar mustache happening too? Uh, he will soon. He's he's a bit softer than me when it comes to um, breaking out the mustache. He's going to leave it till probably the day before, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he actually started the mustache on race day trend in our group. Yeah. I'm yeah. just following suit, but I, I decided to do it a couple of weeks early. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it looks, yeah. yeah, it's pretty big. <laughs> And Stephen Butcher hasn't he improved too? Yeah. We'll, we'll get into all the um, bush turkey yeah. guys in a bit. Yeah. I'll quickly, um, well, I've, I won't bother talking about my week, but I did the, the Sandgate Park Run Speed Week yesterday, and that, yeah. and then we can like segue into Clive because, yeah, on my that. time I thought it was impressive, but then wait till Super you hear Clive's. Impressive. Yeah, I had I had a blinder. I um I was hoping to break seventeen minutes, and um. On my watch, I was sixteen fifty one, and uh, for the like, for the overseas listeners, this is like a pretty. It's becoming a pretty famous park run in Brisbane. You'd say, hey, though, you get yeah. spectators, you know, from a few hundred meters from the finish, people cheering and that, and it has the who's who of Brisbane elite running do it, and they set they seed you at the start, so they they say, you know under 1430 here, then, you know, under 15, 15 to 16. And so like, I'm, I was in the sort of sub 17 area and it took me, I think three seconds to cross the start line. Cause my official time was 1654 on park run, but I pressed start on my watch when I went past the flags. It's a crazy event. It's, it's such a great, run to run a pb because you can just get in a pack there's so many different um like pace groups and that it's just awesome so uh, man that was a a great run for me i was so happy with that and um i'll just i'll read through the uh through the stats right so there was 11 people under 15 minutes 14 43 people under 16 minutes 78 under 17 127 under 18 184 under 19, 233 under 20, 383 under 25, 521 under 30, 70 of the sub 20 men's were PBs. Holy it was 137 shit. PBs in total. And yeah. it was the record attendance for the event with 712 runners, which is the ninth highest all time attendance in Australia. Wow. It's just crazy, <laughs> eh? Yeah, man. So that's 137 PBs. So that's like, what, and like also Steve, you, of the race yeah. PB. Yeah. yeah. Do you have do you have the winning time? Like, what was the fastest? Like the first place time? 14 20 or something. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah, it was. Because yeah. I remember, I remember last year there was five people under 14 30. Is that still similar this year? I don't think it was as deep this year under 14 30. But there was a lot more after that in in that. Yeah, there was a bunch between 14 30 and 15. Yeah, I'll I'll link the the finishing video in the description in the show notes. So check it out. But like <laughs> the pace that people come belting around that corner to the finish. Yeah, so it was yeah. won by Harvey Cramb in fourteen twenty. Wow. Second place was Connor Latouf in fourteen twenty five. Third place was Ben Tacey, fourteen thirty. And then it just goes on and on and um 
you know, like Andy Day, Runco guy was 17th with a time of 15, 14. He was first of the Burt squad too, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Cooper Carswell in uh, 15 to 17, run 15, 20. Oh, man, that's wow. a, his PB's 15, 10. And then after him was our guest here, Clive, with 15, 27. Well, was that your actual time that you had on your watch or? Uh, my time on watch was 15, 28. Oh, so you're only a second across the line, but. Yeah. Cray, uh, yeah, it's just, it's an awesome event. Like if you, if you wanted to just come up and watch it, it'd just be really good spectating because of the, the standard of runners is just so high. Yeah, I, I spectated two years ago from that um, playground about 500 metres in and you could see the start line from across the water and it was you could hear you could hear the footsteps, the 500, 600 super footsteps shoes. of the super yeah. shoes. Like, you could yeah, hear it across yeah. the water and just in the distance seeing all these legs moving, it was unreal to watch and then they all come flying past and, yeah, yeah, a great spectacle. So that was a yeah. PB for you over the 5K. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that yeah. my my park run PB prior to that was sixteen oh seven. Wow. <laughs> and I I ran fifteen fifty one on the track to five thousand earlier this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did that. Uh, Ewan and I were in the same heat, and we finished first and second. I think we were probably seated incorrectly. We should have been in the faster heat. Um, so we both sort of got stuck out the front, time trialing by ourselves. Sorry, what um, time did you do? Fifteen fifty one. Okay, yeah, that was yeah. that was Feb, I think, this year. Yeah, three hundred nine pace was it? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, so st- if you consider the five thousand as well, still decent PB. Yeah. Um, yeah, so super happy with the result. Um, I, I didn't have a plan to time trial it or go for a specific pace. In fact, I didn't look at my watch once. I just my goal was to find a fast pack, tuck in, race, and uh, try and place as high as I could. And in theory, then the PB and the time would take care of itself. Yeah. Um, and did you, yeah, know, did you know any of the guys you're running with in that pack? Yeah, I've, I've run with Dave Fontana a few times. He's from Burt. Yeah. So I knew him. I don't really know many of the other Burt guys. So, uh, but I know of them and I've seen some of their race results. So, you know, I was ex- expecting to be up for a good run. Yeah. Um, yeah. It turned out like the pack I sort of positioned myself in heading out kind of broke apart pretty early they didn't go out as fast as i thought they would and they it kind of fell apart and i ended up pretty soon like out the front of my own so then yeah from maybe 1200 on i could see another like small pack of a couple of guys maybe five ten meters in front of me and i just thought i just hang on to those guys just sit behind them no need to surge and try and catch up and by the way the last seven months of park runs and that i've done only a couple i've i've really balls up like i've got to three and a half, four K in and sort of pushed out and mentally I've just found it really challenging thrown yeah. in the towel. Me too. Yeah. Um, so I've, yeah, I felt like I really had to redeem myself this time around and I wanted to be conservative going out just so I didn't cook myself at that three and a half K point and I had enough gas to really um, come home strong and, and not wimp out again. <laughs> Such a hard um, thing to get right. And that the yeah. 5k is like, and so you, mental and you forget how much it hurts and yeah, the mental part of it lasts say, yeah, 1200 or so. But yeah, I, I ended up after turning around the pier, heading back, I still had those guys five, 10 meters in front. And sure enough, like as soon as we passed the three K marker, I just noticed them start to slow down a bit and um, decided to start working on reeling them in. And 
I slowed down too, looking at my splits, but I didn't slow down as much as them. And um, yeah, within another couple hundred meters, I was in front of those guys. And again, out the, out the front by myself, I could see Andy and, and the pack he was in another probably 20, 30 meters in front. Um, but it was just, yeah, by that far in a little bit too far out of reach for me to try and jump onto. I just didn't have enough uh, left in the battery. So I just hung in as, as long as I could and just, yeah, dug deep the last K and punched it home. And yeah. Amazing result. Super happy with the result. Mm. I've got a question with the um, park run time. So going back to your track run um, in 1551. Yep. How does that... Uh, how does that work? Is that just from the last few months or two months or whatever since then that you've just been training for the Gold Coast Marathon? Is that the amount of improvement or is it just running with that amount of people that bought that faster pace on for that time? I, I reckon that track race, if we were in a faster heat, Ewan and I probably perhaps would have run a little bit quicker. Um, yeah. Your factor spent, you know, the second half of it out the front of my own man, I probably didn't get as much out of myself as I would have liked. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I've necessarily improved by 25 seconds since Feb. Um, it just happened to be the right sort of event on the day. Yeah. Uh, but I certainly have improved and I've, I, yeah, the, that, that track season we had early on the year was quite intentional. We wanted to do some shorter distance track work, like 3000, 5000 to really work on our speed and VO2 max before transitioning to, you know, longer, marathon specific training. Hmm. Um, so I, I was sort of expecting to hit my peak at of 5k, 5,000 meter performance around Feb and then start to sort of transition out to the longer stuff. Before we kind of get into that, let's kind of get back to the start because you seem to have just come from nowhere in the last couple of years. So like, how long have you been running for? Uh, so I started consistently running 2019. Yeah, pre twenty nineteen, I was a real fatty. I was uh, I was over a hundred kilos. Um, no way. So yeah. only a couple of years ago, you were like, <laughs> not you're like a ripped machine now. So you, <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I spent about ten years. I was pretty, like I reckon I had a bit of talent back in high school with for, athletics for and cross yeah. country running. But yeah, as I got towards the end of high school, lost interest in sports. Discovered alcohol and girls and partying and all that sort of stuff and um yeah. sport went out the window um, how old are you Clive? so we got some sort of time frame here yeah as i'm sure is the the story for yeah. many a person yeah. transitioning through adolescence yeah. um but yeah that sort of carried on all through uni and um yeah never really took health seriously i, I smoked a lot as well early on and yeah, smoked drank ate crap food um and it was only only 2019 when i started to think I, i'd see runners on the waterfront and I look at them like with envy. I think, why aren't I doing that? That's like, I'd be good at that. And when my son was born and we started playing a lot more and I realized how gassed I'd get from 20 minutes of playing around with them and how much energy I had, I thought, like, I've got to do something about this. You only live once. You got to, you know, I don't want to look back on the next, on the last 10 years, 10 years from now and, and um, regret being a fat loser. So decided to, you know, take my health a bit more seriously and um, get into the running and that. Yeah. So how, how old are you? So we've got some sort of time frame from 2019 back to uni, et cetera. Okay. So I'm 30, just turned 36. Yeah. Um, I finished uni uh, 2011, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. 
What'd you do at yeah. uni? Uh, aerospace engineering. Jesus. Oh, that explains <laughs> um, the next <laughs> part of the story. Oh, I've, I should <laughs> never, I've never worked a day in the aerospace or aviation industry, funnily enough. I've, I work in a very different industry, building buildings and building automation. So fast moving things in the sky. I'm looking at stationary objects that people occupy. So you've gotten into running. You must have, you know, you've got a bit of talent, obviously. So you started improving. How long did it take you before you started like getting fit and, and uh, you know, running with other people and stuff like that? Okay. Yeah. You- so, so 2019, yeah, started early 2019, consistently running a couple of days a week. And back then, like most people who start out running, didn't know anything about running. I thought you go for a run by just going as hard as you can for 2K. And then, so I'd, <laughs> I'd just leave the front door, head down the waterfront, go as hard as I could for 2K, and then I'd waddle back home. <laughs> and, um, you know, started doing that two or three times a week and started getting a bit better at it, going a bit further. Uh, then I decided I'd like to challenge myself and come up with a bit of a goal and sign up for a race. Saw the that Queensland half. Mm. Um, saw that online and realized it was literally the start line was about a K up the road and ran right past our house. So I signed up for that um, in May that year. Had a crack at that, ran at 138 maybe. That's a pretty good time. And around that time, I just discovered Parkrun too and, you know, realized there's this event that's 5Ks away. That's, you know, really cool. It's a 5K event that's 5Ks away uh, and started heading down there. I ran maybe 20, I'm say around 21, 22 minutes when I first started and without really knowing what I was doing, thought, oh, 20 minutes is a pretty good goal. I'm going to set myself a goal for 20 minutes and work towards that. And I can't remember when I hit 20 minutes, but sometime in that year, but after doing the, the Queensland half, I then signed up for Gold Coast half in July. And based on my, I thought, well, I managed to do this half marathon 138 without a huge amount of training. And I got a little bit cocky and thought, well, if I can do that, if I train a little bit harder, I could do like sub 90. So um, went into Gold Coast half thinking I was a sub 90 runner, about 11K in. I just like blew up horrendously. My, I had like blurry vision. I've got memory loss. Wow. I actually, I saw the fin- the big blue finishing arch. And I remember this, I remember seeing it and deciding, I just started gunning for it. At 11K. <laughs> no, oh, no, this was, um, oh, this was at the finish. The yeah, yeah. This is after slogging it through with my blurry vision. And, yeah. and I ran through it and sat down on the road. And my mate who actually flew up from Sydney to run it with me, he caught up to me and said, mate, that's the 300 meter to go arch. <laughs> No way. <laughs> that's all I remember. And I, I've actually got memory loss of finishing the last 300 meters, but the, you know, the finisher video you get when you fin- like it yeah. automatically gets generated based on your bib. Yeah. So that gets emailed to me afterwards. And, um, I don't really remember finishing, but I watched the video and see I'm limping through the finish line, like a zombie. I've got my mate there sort of trying to hold me up. And then I, then I collapse as I cross the line and I crawl out of the camera view. <laughs> oh no. Quite funny. Uh, and then all got, in the first year of running, right? So yeah, started, wow. just rinse myself. I do remember being in a wheelchair, getting wheeled to the um, medical tent. Yeah. And um, I've got a memory of, I really had to pee in the medical tent. One of the nurses went away to get me like a blanket or something for privacy. And I was so delirious. I just pulled it out and started peeing. In front of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Man, you're lucky this didn't put you off running for life. <laughs> like, never do another event ever again. Oh, no, it fueled me. I, yeah, had to, um, I knew I had to do better next time after that. <laughs> yeah, so kept going with the training after that. And, and then shortly after that, actually, I discovered Ironman Triathlon. I, I learned what that was, which is uh, 3.8K swim, 180K ride, 42K run. And um, I decided, well, you know, this running stuff's coming to me pretty naturally, but the, the thought of uh, swimming 3.8K in open water sounds terrifying. And I've always been like a really shit swimmer. So but that sounds like a really cool challenge. And I signed up for Ironman Cairns 2020. And along the way, I met a guy called Dan Foley. He's actually my neighbor and top bloke. Took me under his wing and um, showed me the ropes of, of triathlon, learned about all the gadgets. Um, got really stuck into, um, you know, the, the technical side of triathlon and training and, you know, training stress scores and all that Coggins sort of metrics, um, like training peaks and that, you know, wrote my own training plan and, um, you know, shout out to Dan, by the way, he's, he's, um, probably balls deep into his run leg on Ironman cans yeah. at the moment. That's his, right now. Yeah. yeah. I think that's his eighth Ironman. Mm. Yeah. So he should be on for a good day, I reckon. But yeah, so um, yeah, did Ironman Cans with Dan and a bunch of other cool people that I met along the way, and that was that was postponed. Ended up happening late twenty twenty, when it started to started to get really hot. I ended up getting food poisoning on the Friday. Um, spent all night on the toilet Friday night, um, so lost all my fuel, all my hydration. Spent Saturday all nauseous and depleted. Sunday went into the race. Couldn't keep food down. Um, so I had a shocking day, but managed to get through. I remember on the run leg, I was shuffling along, just feeling sorry for myself and hating life. And I remember seeing this as I was like feeling sorry for myself, looking across and seeing this guy on his hands and knees on the grass, like projectile vomiting. And uh, I, just, I just, that just was a moment that clicked for me. And I thought everyone out here is having a shit day. It's not just you, just get it done. Everyone's suffering. <laughs> you sign up for this. Uh, and yeah, fortunately, my wife along the way was there. You know, she's my best supporter. Same with the kids. And they were there screaming for me the whole way through and helped me get through. It was, yeah, yeah. Got it done at the end. So that was good. Um, finished. Finished. Even with all the sickness and. Yeah. Well, how was the recovery after that? I reckon it took a good three weeks to recover. Like you just have this deep fatigued you might feel like you can walk around okay without aches, but you just feel tired. What was your overall time, Kof? Uh, I was 12 hours 15 or something like that. Wow. That's, that's pretty impressive. It's a pretty good time as well. It is, man. Do you, remember, do you remember what your run leg was? It wasn't very quick. I did a lot of walking, a lot of vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, it was probably four hours, four and a half hours or something like that. Yeah. God, it's a yeah. long time to be so if you're not a, If you're not a good swimmer, are you good on the bike? I, I got pretty, you know, I reckon I got pretty good pretty quick, like given the yeah. amount of time I did triathlon for. I think, I reckon there's a bit of cross-training effect from running and cycling. So mm. I probably, because I had a bit of aerobic endurance from getting to running the prior year, that gave me a bit of a head start with the road cycling. It, it just came pretty easily to me. Mm. I really enjoy like going out on big riding adventures and climbing hills and, you know, going exploring mountain climbing, that sort of stuff. It's just, yes, yeah, it's, it's different to running. Like you get to travel a bit further and probably see some sites you wouldn't get to see on a run. Yeah. 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 So that was 2020 and I did another couple of triathlons, 2020, 
but by the end of that year, I, I knew that my heart was really with uh, like road running and was really eager 20, uh, 2021 to just get back into road running and, and run a road marathon. Bad timing. Yeah. Bad timing. <laughs> bad so. timing for what was going, yeah, going so on. 2021, um, focused on road marathons, trained for sign up for Gold Coast. And um, oh, prior to so along the triathlon journey, Dan introduced me to Morton Bay Road Runners. And so I started training with them. And I was regularly doing a Tuesday session with Coach Christie down at Sandgate. And great coach, great bunch of people. And I really enjoyed training with them. I, I ran with a couple of the guys I still train with now, like um, Josh Himwood was pretty similar ability to me. So we worked off each other a lot during, during our reps and stuff. But uh, there was always this guy, this creature that was, you know, good 20, 30 mm -hmm. meters in front of me that I always had my eye on long flowing hair. Handsome Jesus, beard. Looking. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. looking bloke, Stephen Butcher. And so he was like my target and I was always inspired by how, like he was just miles ahead of everyone else in the club. So you sort of work towards getting closer and closer to his level over the next year or so. But yes, all, we all signed up for Gold Coast Marathon, obviously got cancelled due to the pandemic. Um, but by then, after, you know, 20-something weeks of training, we were all desperate to, to get a marathon done. So we decided to organise a marathon, like a, a, our own marathon on Sandgate Waterfront. So we measured up a course, tried to make it feel like a real event. You know, we had official start and all that sort of stuff. Was that um, the, with the, the Morton Bay Road Runners? That wall just, was just you guys. Well, I guess it was an unofficial thing. There was a bunch of, a whole bunch of Morton Bay Road Runners there. Um, I think in fact, most of the guys who did it were Morton Bay Road Runners, but because of the pandemic and the whole thing about organized events and stuff like that, it was definitely wasn't tied to any yeah, formal yeah. sporting group. It was more like a time trial, let's call it. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of Morton Bay guys did it. And it was just amazing. The number of um, family members and friends and, and club members actually that came down to support and spectate and cheer us on, you know, obviously didn't have the same effect as thousands of spectators in a mass participation event, but just it being a bit more intimate and having, you know, all these people that you've been training with and in your local community there to cheer you on. It was, it was just really special. So yeah, did smash that out, ran at 246. Wow. Oh, shit. Um, and That's was very cool. happy with that. The goal was sub 250 and went out a bit harder. Had a, And I guess it wasn't, it can't be considered an official result um, for more than one reason. But one reason in particular, we had paces sort of jumping it out and help us throughout the morning. And um, the last pacer to join us was uh, Mark Hilmer. And um, so Mark was, he was, we, the course was, you know, um, Decker Park out to the out to the pier yep. and back, like just going around the garden bed. Back, we marked out exactly five uh, five k out, yep. so it was a ten k loop. And so he was doing the final ten k with us, leading us out there and back. Steve and I. There was a bunch of other guys, um, sort of in various points along the race. That's exactly um, the same course that I did with Arvi. Well, I I run half of the last half of it with him, but it was exactly the same. You guys might have done, did you do it the same day? I think I remember seeing, well, I didn't know you guys back then, but I saw RV running around then. Too. I'm pretty sure Peter Lewis did it as well. Yeah. Um, the marathon. And that was only two years ago. So I'm pretty sure he was in yeah. it. I think I was following him about then. And I think it came up as he did that with you guys. So there was Striders there as well. Yeah. I remember seeing Striders guys. And I didn't know the Striders at the time. I knew the, the uniform and that. Yeah. yeah. I think um, when RV did his marathon, it was like at about four o'clock at night in the afternoon sorry so i don't 
Oh, I might have been different yeah, then. Yeah. Okay, yeah, ours was the morning. But yeah, so Mark paced us for the last 10K and I'd give him very specific instructions. I wanted to do just like four minute, four minute Ks. And I noticed he kept sort of winding up the pace and I had to keep telling him to slow down. And we ended up dropping Steven because he was going too way too quick. But um he he told me afterwards he did it on purpose because he was trying to get yeah, the get a bit more out of you. Yeah, trying drag, to get the most out of us. Which is good. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, fantastic day. But unfortunately, shortly after that, I got a sacral stress fracture. So I spent another 12 weeks after that um, recovering and rehabbing into 2022. And yeah, and that ties into my, um, my question. I spoke about it on the show. Clive ran with me on one of the Sunday long runs. And he was telling me that he'd, when he was injured, he was studying, um, who's the tin man coach? Oh, Tom Schwartz. Yeah, Tom Schwartz and um, Dr. Phil Skiba. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so tell us a bit about that. You basically just read up. All yeah, the time you couldn't run. You, yeah. yeah, I got off Strava because there was no point following other people and feeling depressed about sitting on the couch, and just I just was determined to get back to running and and you know improve my performance. So I learned a lot about bone health, which I didn't know, and learn about my limits. And up until up until um, the stress fracture, I was under the impression that running was good for bone health. So I thought all, you know, well, I was on the assumption all these loading cycles are, you know, that's how you build strong bones, right? But I then came to learn that running is actually pretty bad for bone health because these loading cycles are so, there's so many cycles that your bone cells basically go to sleep and don't really get the stress response. And if they do, they don't reform um, generally as quickly as, as the damaged cells are um, removed, right? So if you're not matching your training load with recovery and reformation of bone cells, your, your bone mineral density basically declines. So yeah, learn a lot about that and how to manage it. Actually, um, Brad Beer, physical yep. performance show. Um, he interviewed a guy called professor Stuart Warden. who talks about this, um, this strategy called the uh, skeletal deload week. And um, he suggests taking every period of time, take an entire week off running. And that way, if there's any sort of structural issues in your bone cells starting to form that you aren't aware of, like I, I didn't really have any symptoms when I got the stress fracture before it, it just gives your body and your skeleton a chance to catch up with the training load. A lot of runners freak out about having a week off training. Um, I think they all lose fitness. And I've learned, I've been doing this 12 week off skeletal deload week religiously since May last year. And I can tell you with confidence that you don't lose any fitness. Well, you'd lose the, the small amount of fitness you do lose, you, you've regained within two weeks. And I think the, the investment's certainly worth it. Way smarter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's the bone health part and, and, you know, just health in general that I sort of spent a lot of time educating myself on. But then uh, there's the other side of it was performance. I was already a, a fan of coach Tom Tinman Schwartz and his critical velocity training. And I knew there was something to that. But I also came and... And that critical velocity training just seems to be like a really, almost like a magical, you know, like a metabolic steady state where you're just getting the most bang for buck in your training in a lot of ways. But then I came across uh, Dr. Phil Skeber, who was one of the, one of the uh, scientists hired by Nike in the Breaking 2 project, as well as um, Professor Andy Jones and the guys from University of Exeter. And they talk about this critical power, um, W prime, or when it's applied to running critical speed and D prime. And it's actually, interestingly enough, they've arrived at 
at these different paradigms from different places, but Tin Man's critical velocity happens to be very similar threshold, if you will, to, to this critical power um, paradigm that, that these University of Exeter, Exeter guys have come up with. And um, yeah, so the evidence there just seems like it's overwhelming that, that training around this critical velocity just seems to just give you the most bang for buck. So you got a question, Steve? Yeah, I was going to say, for those that haven't had a stress fracture, what's the pain like? And, and basically, it is a break, so you need to have a, a bit of a break to, for it to recover the same as a fracture in your wrist or, your, or, a, or a leg fracture as, as such. So what's, what, what, what do you sort of, um, what's the pain like? Like, obviously, you got the stress fracture. What's that pain like? It's, it's not the same as like a, like a traumatic fracture like it's not that painful you get these sort of deep aches from time to time but it's not super painful like when you walk on it and that you can feel it. it's kind of like a pain in the back kind of well the sacral stress yeah. fracture is like a pain in the back but it's certainly not like a, a great amount of pain it's just uncomfortable mm-hmm. and throughout the process of the bone healing you get these like aches that sort yeah. of radiate through your bone and and even after the fo- the bone's fully healed it, you, it's still quite common to get um, these phantom aches which I still get from time to time now, actually. And, and when I do start to get these aches, I always freak out and assume, you know, bone stress is back and go and get an MRI and freak out for the next week. <laughs> uh. So just um, getting back to the critical velocity, just give um, the listeners like a, a rundown of what that actually means. Cause I've listened to that Tom Swartz on a few podcasts and he talks about the CV training. But just for anyone who's never heard of it, what, okay. does that, what does that mean? All right. Well, I can go as – I'd love to geek out on this stuff. I can um, – like I'm obviously not trained in exercise physiology. It's just from the reading I've done and that, so I'm, I'm certainly not an expert. But from a from a layman's point of view, you can, you can look at it as – so critical velocity – Dumb it right down for me. <laughs> um, critical velocity is, is somewhere between, let's say, 30 to 35-minute race pace. Um, so for many people, that's somewhere – between the five and 10 K race pace, probably close to 10 K race pace. And, and it's got a lot of benefits to it. One of it, one of which being it's, it's the, the optimum stimulus well, around that range is the optimum stimulus for your type two A or your intermediate muscle fibers, which are the muscle fibers that you can train to either behave more like slow twitch or fast twitch. And they're the, they're the muscles you want to recruit during um, heavy or intense um, aerobic or endurance exercise. And the other benefit is, so you're working, you're working, you're not quite working as hard as like VO2 max training. So you're putting nowhere near as much load on the body. Uh, and so from that point of view, it's a lot less risky in terms of injury and that. Um, however, you're still, you're still training right up on your toes. So mechanically, you're getting a lot of uh, like running economy benefits. You're still, you know, within 5% of your VO2 max. So you're still getting some VO2 max stimulus, but you're also above threshold and you're training lactate threshold. Again, because you're working on your economy, you're actually getting more of a benefit than you would be from just doing sort of tempo and threshold work. It's just a win-win-win. And from my, from what I've found in my experience, you can just do it year-round and and get fitter and fitter, and it's sustainable. You're not going to put yourself in a hole and get injured like you can with the more intense stuff. Yeah, that's sort of it in a nutshell. I can I can drill into the more nerdier stuff, but I'm I'm guessing a lot of your listeners don't really care about that. No, that's cool. So it's basically uh, you're between your five and ten k kind of pace. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. That's probably the easiest way of looking at it. And yeah, so the point from a simple point of view, um, 
if you're running at 5k pace or quicker all the time, you're much more likely to get injured. If you back it off a bit, you can, you're actually building, you're working more on your stamina and your strength, but it's also more sustainable and um, you can just keep doing it year, year round without getting injured. And you're also, you know, you're, it's sort of the most, it's a sweet spot for optimizing VO2 max, lactate threshold and running economy. And so how did you and Steve, Stephen Butcher, the guy you're talking about before with the, the one of the most awesome heads of hair I've ever seen. Yes, um, it is majestic. <laughs> For those playing at home, he looks like a picture of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just a, seriously. Yeah. Me and um, Sparling are very jealous of his hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you you said that you and him sat down and basically mapped out your year. So how did you do that? Like you, pro- uh, like programming for rate, like track road marathons halves etc okay so all right, well, i'll first say all the jargon i'm going to waffle on about way more succinctly put by uh, dr phil skeever in his book uh scientific training for endurance athletes so dr phil skeever he's he's just awesome he's he's got so much knowledge from um so many different parts of exercise physiology but he's written this book where he's you know he's He's done all the hard work for you, all the mathematical models and that, and all the, all the hundreds of hours of research across hundreds of research papers to put together this book where he's really simplified it, cut out a lot of that hardcore math and just provided real simple rules for coaches and self-coached athletes to follow, to build your own training plan. So he doesn't, he doesn't give you a training plan, but he teaches you principles in how to um, understand your own physiology and how to train that physiology, um, how to periodize your training and things like that. So yeah, highly recommend your listeners go and order his book, but he, I'll, I'll link that in the, um, in the description. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So I, I basically, um, use his book as my blueprint and I've, I've read quite a few books and research papers on, on endurance training and running that. And his, his books by far the best piece of work I've come across, but yeah, so Steve and I decided we worked out working backwards from my stress fracture, my rehab, picked a race that was, I really was keen to do a marathon in 2022. I was obviously very conscious of my susceptibility to bone stress fractures, but also really was eager to improve my performance and results and do a faster marathon. And so wrestling with those two constraints, wanted to build a training plan that got the most bang for buck with the minimum, minimum necessary risk. And so we literally, so we picked out Melbourne Marathon, which was later in the year. I uh, figured that was the, the best marathon I could do that would allow me to safely train and build up and have a good crack at a PB. And then we just basically worked backwards a number of weeks and broke up the training to three periods. Um, so obviously transitioning from generic running and, and generic power through to more, much more race specific or marathon specific training. And, um, yeah, literally just worked it out week by week looking at, all right, I'm 17 weeks from the race. What training this week is going to optimize my chance of achieving my race goals and just literally went week by week and mapped it all out. Um, we looked at tune up races along the way, what sort of races and what distances were going to be optimal for that point in time in the build. So, um, again, starting with shorter distance, high intensity stuff at 5k and transitioning through to 10k half marathon. And then finally 
pause from racing and do a good hard six-week marathon-specific build and then taper and race. And, yeah, so it was great having someone to bounce ideas off. We're obviously, we're amateurs. We're, we're self-coached guys and we really enjoy what we do, but we're not, you know, we haven't had a lot of training in this. So um, we're just sort of learning as we go. And through teamwork, we're able to build something that seemed to work really well. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> It's definitely working. That's for sure. Yeah. And so the other thing I've mentioned is weight training. I think weight training's played such an important role in my recovery and my performance gains in the last couple of years. Like, uh, and I'm not talking, you know, high, high reps, body weight nonsense, like low reps, high resistance training. Um, the kind of stuff you don't get from running it's, you know, protects and strengthens your bones, your joints, all the areas that, that don't really get the stimulus need from running increases power, fatigue, resistance, all the stuff that you're interested in if you want to run your fastest marathon. So I'm yeah, a big advocate of weight training and plyometrics and doing them a couple of times a week. As I, don't, I don't like doing that sort of stuff, but I know it helps me. I know it's going to stop me from um, having my bones crack and it's going to help me be a more powerful runner. So yeah, I also recommend getting amongst the, the weight training. Got to be done, hey? Yeah, as much as uh, like every other runner, I'm sure, or most of us, dislike it it's just you know if you want to run fast you want to run consistently and not be sidelined just got to do the weights yeah i agree i got a question about the bush turkey track club yeah right eh? so it's a specific group from the morton bay road runners um did you handpick the group the guys or are they just all people around that run similar sort of um okay well similar pace over distance or was it just an invitational type thing who wants to join that, All right. So, so we're not actually uh, part of the Morton Bay Roadrunners. No. We have no official connection to the Morton Bay Roadrunners. I'd say, let's say 80% of us happen to be Morton Bay Roadrunner members. Yep. And I guess probably probably good opportunity here to explain the difference between the two clubs and, and why I think they're both really great clubs. Uh, Morton Bay Roadrunners just recently clocked 200 members. Um, so yep. that's enormous. They're, a, you know, they're an amazing club. They've got great people. It's a great community and they cater from, um, you know, your walkers through to, you know, your young high school fasties and, and everything in between. And, you know, they cast a very broad net to a very diverse group of people. And it, it is a great community. They put on great events, got some great coaches. You guys came down for their um, time trial a few months ago and you know, they event. put on a great brekkie and that like the, you know, just great group of people, great committee. They put on a um, annual club camp, which is actually, organized by my wife ricky um yeah and yeah like it's just full of knowledge and and gains from that too so great group but um where where the bush turkey track club differs from um morton bay roadrunners is um i'll tell you i'll tell you what as i see it the bush turkey track club is and and then i guess maybe tell you about how it formed yeah. um so i i see the bush turkey track club is more of a, a performance oriented group it's much smaller there's performance requirements to be in the group but more so than that i feel like we're more um we're more like a team as opposed to a club you know we're family we're we're like brothers and sisters um, which is kind of weird because aiden and lisa are married um <laughs> but not not unusual because aiden's from tasmania <laughs> um but you know on a serious note you know we're um, and i'm not saying this doesn't happen in bigger clubs like morton bay but you know, we really, we're, we're really invested in one another's uh, success. Like you want your teammate to be 
a su- uh, successful just as much as you want to succeed yourself. And there's a real sort of, to me, it uh, feels like team spirit. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not saying that doesn't exist at Morton Bay, but it just seems a bit more intimate um, in Bush Turkey Track Club. And then there's certainly that more performance oriented focus on the group. And by having a more, a more niche group of runners with a more, um, a tighter group, uh, band of, of performance, we're able to sort of cater our events and training to the needs of that group a bit more than you would with a, by casting a broad net in a, in a broader club, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But how it, how it started. So uh, for a couple of years, we've had this chat group um, and the chat group actually started, I believe with Carl Batty and Scott Perry. Each of them were training for, um, I think Carl was training for Boston and he's trying to break three hours and, Scott was training for a half marathon. He was trying to break 90 minutes. So same pace. Um, they started getting together with, and there was a bunch of other guys interested and also had similar training and similar race goals. So they started a chat group and got together for regular training sessions. And progressively over time, other fast people in the area have been added to this chat group. So that was sort of the start of it. There was never an official group at that point. It's just a chat group full of fast Sandgate sort of runners. Yep. And yeah, shortly after that, uh, myself and good friend, Anthony Middleton were, were added to the group and got a bit more involved. And Anthony had this idea for a, like a mini middle distance race series. This was a late 2021. And so came up with this idea of these three middle distance races in local, um, four zero one seven parks and that, um, so three race series sorry, three race events in the series. And we'd have like a point scoring system and um, have a bit of fun. And um, yeah, the, the group got really into it and involved and um, it was a big success and had a big finale on, uh, on the Deegan Speedway, 1K all out. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And I guess that was the catalyst that started the Bush Turkey Track Club as a group. After that, we decided to, like, we've, got to we've got to build an entity around this because, you know, I think there's been a, a yearning in the group to, to form some sort of entity for some time. And, you know, this event sort of brought it all together. So we, we created the Bush Turkey Track Club and um, started a, you know, we're sort of making up as we go along. Unlike Morton Bay Roadrunners, we're not an official incorporated organization. You know, so we're, we're, we're still trying to figure things out. And so the group started as this, you know, member, existing members of this chat, literally. And, and, and since then, we've started adding other members. We came up with some basic rules for um, admitting new members. And um, it's basically, yeah, some some um performance rules as well as you know if someone wants to join you know just join us for a couple of runs and that person then could potentially get nominated and and added to the group and it's as simple as that but you know who knows that might evolve over the next year or so we we was yeah we're uh still figuring things out but yeah so if you um when you compete say at the track at cusack is that under the bush turkeys or is that morton bay road runners like are you registered with them or so bush turkey track club isn't an officially incorporated organization so we're not registered under qa um so me i when i've competed at qa events i register um use my morton bay road runners registration yeah some of the other guys in the group aren't morton bay so they could register under um just like qa masters or or whatever yeah yeah. yep cool that's cool liam mccarthy's a really big mover um yeah I was, I was telling steve last week you guys all congratulated him i think he's all did uh hill sprints at somewhere and he took the crown 
Yeah, he's he's the real poster boy of the group. I don't know why you don't have him on the show. I will get him on. <laughs> he is, we'll get him he on. is the one of the biggest movers. Uh, I sort of met Liam or sort of introduced myself over Instagram messaging and said congratulations on his PB last year at the Speed Week. So over the yep. next 12 months, he, he's had, had an absolute flyer and pretty much conquered every distance. Um, yep. um, yeah, no, Liam's a great kid and he's come so far in such a short time. Um, yeah. Only downside is he gets lost really easily. So we have to... <laughs> you have to be really careful when we take him out for runs. Uh, we make sure he gets home okay. Oh, you yeah. know, on the seven uh, k loop we were doing the other day, I, I, had to, I've never been there before, and I was telling him where to go. So I get what you're saying there. Like a couple of times, I'm like, Matt, I'm sure it's down here. He's like, Oh, is it? Was, we're actually talking about that. We thought, Fuck, Steve's never been here before, and Liam's leading the way. What we're gonna have to go looking for these guys. Could end up bloody down at Castledine or somewhere, but no, nah, we were good. But yesterday Morning. he ran sixteen yeah. eighteen. Yes. Big PB oh. for him, yeah. My next, my next question was: so go 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 forwards nine months where you do the Ted smell smash again. Will he be the first person to knock? No fucking way. You off the crown there. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a proper battle. There. Uh, another, I reckon I got another two seasons before, or two years before he's caught up to oh, me. Yeah, well, let's see. I'm yeah. trying to make sure I'm I'm still improving by enough that he's not quite catching me yet. He's catching you on the hills. He's getting. No, he, he's, he, he called me. He called me on one hill. Yeah, and took the crown. And he's, that's because he was it, pumping mate. it. Your actual response, hang on, I'll quote, is it was, uh, was going to happen eventually? So is the is it going to happen eventually, the Ted's Mouth smash next year? Will he take it from you? Uh, with absolute certainty, no. <laughs> we'll see. Mate, it's the it, same with um, Arvi and yeah. um, his coach, Chris. I don't yeah. think Chris is coaching him now, but... We were just saying to Chris, like your day, your days are numbered, mate. He's catching you every race. He's getting closer yes. and closer, and soon enough, he's going to be quicker. Yeah, it's not yeah. if, but when. Yeah, Harvey's doing really well too. Actually, he's he's come a long way. Yeah, in a short period of time. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he's um, an amazing group of runners, eh? So yeah. quick. I think I follow most years now. I think slowly picked his up all on Strava. It's so cool to to sort of have that same group and you go boom, 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 boom. And he's all like, it's so quick. And then you see everyone, everyone's running together and enforcing each everyone to run better, you know? Yeah. I love that part of it. It's just, yeah. Seeing everyone improve together and, you know, training together, we bring out the best in each other. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You just got such a great group and there's just like, there's lots of different paces in within the group. But it's just perfect for anyone who's trying to run quicker because there's always those people that are just a bit quicker. So you've got someone, well, I mean, not for you, but like most of the people in the group have got someone to chase. Yeah, well, I'm hoping to change that. One of the things I'd like to do is uh, attract like faster people in our area to our group and and potentially have someone else to chase. Um, yeah, yeah, it gets a bit lonely at the front. Yeah. So what are your potential goals? Clive, like you've um set some massive PBs this year. Have you got something ahead that you you have your eyes on? Like, what's your next goals? So, Gold Coast Marathon sub two thirty is the goal. Yep. And I haven't thought too much far ahead after that. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So as as the distances get smaller, the increments become less. Um. So what what would be a five k time? As in like goal five k time. Yeah. Uh. I'd be keen to break 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, well. 
yeah, I think I could do that before I start slowing down, or I'd like to think I could do that before I start slowing down. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I might do another track season this year and and really focus on speed and three thousand, five thousand speed and and endurance and see what happens. Yeah. How old are you on? He's at school, right? Yeah, he's, so he's in his last year of school at the moment. And he's smashed everything cross country, all the events at school, and he was with you on the the track events there too. Yeah, no, he's he's done really well. Is he someone you'll see go under 15 minutes eventually if he keeps going? Yeah, I think so. I think at the moment he just needs to focus on school, which is what he's doing, get through year 12. Um, yeah. But, you know, the world's his oyster. Once he gets through school, he can he's going to have a you know, huge potential. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see his journey, actually. He's, yeah. He's, he's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I saw him after um, Park Run on Saturday and oh, it's probably been a couple of months since I've seen him and he, I reckon he's grown about six inches. Yeah, he's shot yep. up. Though. Yeah. So he's probably going to be just a monster when once he's fully grown, which will only help him with his um, running as well. Yeah, not that little boy anymore. No. No, very cool. Yeah. So let's talk about your... Um, you took out the GC running festival. Yeah. What it's called the, the half, half marathon there. Yeah. <laughs> you run one eleven on like a no- notoriously tough course. Would you say that was a breakthrough performance? Yeah, for sure. So I ran, um, I ran one four, one fourteen or one thirteen. I can't remember. Um, one fourteen and one thirteen at sunny coast last year. And I ended up in a pack with the elite women. So there was a Lisa Waitman pack and then, behind her um, with a bunch of guys and then behind there was um, like Paige Campbell. Um, I can't remember the other girls, but ran with those girls and I got to about 17 K and they just dropped me. I just ran out of gas. And uh, that was one of the first times I've properly raced and didn't try and sort of time trial. I just went out hard, hung on as long as I could and, and just got in a pack and, and got rolling. And I've, I've really loved doing that sort of kind of that style of racing. Um, since then that I'd say that was a decent breakthrough, but then yeah, doing this, this, um, and they would have run probably one twelve, I reckon. So doing this race from the gun, I was pretty much out the front solo and I, I literally, I did the opposite of what I normally do. And I, well, what I've been trying to do and ended up time trolling the entire race basically. So I had a goal pace and just sort of stuck to that and, um, there's that hilly section, so I slowed down a bit going up the hill and and punched it down the hill a bit, but sort of stuck to around that 320 pace. And yeah, by the time by the time I took the last turnaround, I think second place was a good two or three minutes behind me. So yeah, just punched it home and came through the finish line, and it was pretty yeah. That hill there, that um festival that breaks a lot of people because it's like half i just just passed halfway along so when you do yeah. and so you gotta do it four times is that right yeah so it's it's quite sharp going out um yep. it's short and sharp but then coming back the other way it's about 2ks and there's a couple of rolling hills yeah so the first lap both um going both ways is all right but by the time you've done the second lap and you're pretty fatigued it, it's like you're really hurting i remember coming back up the hill for the last time got to like the second or third of the of these rolling hills as you climb up and i remember thinking because i you know a few minutes before that had seen how far ahead i was at the turnaround i thought i could walk up this hill right now (laughs) (laughs) i'd still be safe i was very tempted but um yeah i didn't uh yeah so that that hill does sting a fair bit actually 
Yep. So after a one eleven, does that reevaluate your um, Gold Coast Marathon time that you're going for, or are you still going to stick with that? Uh, I was. Um, I've been mulling around the idea of going for, for around two twenty five, but I've had good advice from from my training mates, um, Stephen Butcher, especially, who's who's been a great sounding board for the last year or two. And yeah, I'm going to stick to I'm going to stick to two thirty, and if I can wind it up towards the end and or if there happens to be a pack running a minute or two quicker, I might jump in with them, but I want to run 2.30 or better and I'm going to sort of play it by ear on the day. But I want to make sure the first 5K, I stick to that 2.30 pace and then, um, yeah, I guess see what happens. That's awesome. I guess so. You'll probably be with the elite females. Will you, will you join in on the, uh, what do they call it, you know, the pre-race meetings where they talk about pacing and pacemakers and stuff? Will you... Get involved in that down at the Gold Coast? I don't know. I don't know how that works. I assume it's like, is that elite only? Well, I'm pretty sure that um, Andy Day has run, oh, geez, I don't want to get this wrong, a little bit, probably 225-ish. I'm just guessing. I hope that's not wrong. But I'm pretty sure he was kind of present at one of those pace meetings. Really? For the females. I think because he was maybe leading the one of those pace groups. So... Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I haven't thought about that. I was sort of just going to evaluate on the day and maybe just make a tactical decision on the day kind of thing up after about 5k, just sort of gauge what sort of pace these packs are moving at. What I found in Melbourne, I got in the 240 pack and it was, it was a big pack and it was a great experience. There's a lot of positive energy in the group, a lot of positive banter, but for the first 5k, I was just behind them and the pack sort of kept yo-yoing in pace. And I would, so one minute I'd be sort of catching up to them and about to latch onto the back. And then the next minute they'd surge ahead. And rather than just stick with the pack, I decided to, to just let them go and stick to my pace. Yeah, um, yeah. So I said, I'll just stick to 344 or whatever it was and, and don't deviate from that for the first 5K and then make a decision. Because you, you can just burn so much of your battery if you, if you make a silly decision in the first 5K. Uh, and sure enough, after that first 5k, that pack settled down and they were about maybe 10, 15 meters in front of me and the pace was consistent. So I just worked my way back up, got into the pack and started chatting to a few of the guys at the back of the pack, realized that this is the 240 pack. Well, all right, these are my people and got rolling with them. And um, within about 10k, I'd made my way to the front of the pack. And then um, from 20, 20k to 28k, well, basically from um, yeah, 20k onwards, I was sort of either leading the pack or tucked in behind the leader and sort of taking turns leading the pack, which was really cool. And as we headed back up St Kilda Road, ended up sort of breaking away and the pack broke apart a bit and sort of raced for the finish, which was pretty cool. And that, what did you run there too? That was 2.37. Yeah, God, great run. Awesome. Yeah. Would, you, would you recommend Melbourne Marathon? Yeah, it's an awesome, awesome course, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit, gets a bit messy the last... 5k as you merge with the half marathoners and i don't know if it'll continue to be like this i might change the course a bit next year or this year coming but it definitely got messy and we were slowed down significantly by the the half marathoners but at that point we're running a lot slower than us so we had to try and try and dodge on the way into the mcg but yeah apart from that it was yeah spectacular course so is the gold coast the flattest out of all the national ones yeah it'd have to be surely yeah so this would be somewhere where you're considering going the hardest possible. So obviously that's the main reason for choosing the Gold Coast. Yeah. Well, I'm overdue for a Gold Coast marathon after 2021 or 20, yeah. 
2021. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd like to really rinse myself and see what I can do. Yeah. But again, do, yeah, don't want to go out too hard and do anything stupid, but um, I'd like to make sure I finish with nothing left. Yeah. Wow. Cool as. Oh man, it's exciting to see, um, to see what you do. Yeah. How about you, how about you still going for low two fifties? Yeah. Still undecided. I've had a few people say, nah, you can run under 250 and it's tempting, but I think I'm going to aim to sort of sit, hopefully kind of sit between four minutes and four Oh five for like you said, the first five K Yep. Let's try and settle down and then just get comfortable and just get into a nice rhythm and then just keep grinding it out. Yeah. That's, I think that's a really good idea yeah. and just see how you feel. Um, you could potentially run, go out a sub 250 pace and see what happens and, and be successful, but you could also have a really, really shit day too. So yeah. um, you just, I guess it's risk versus reward, right? I think it's probably a little bit smarter to go a bit slower and like there's just so much time in the back end that you can make up a, yes. bit, a bit of time. Whereas I think if you go too fast, you could, oh, I could, yeah, struggling to come home is just the work. Like you just lose minutes in if you hit the wall. And there's, as like, it's so easy to, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're probably jogging along thinking, oh, this is great. I'm feeling good. And then, you know, you hit 35K and just, oh, uh oh. Yeah. And I think you'd rather look back on your race and think, oh, I could have maybe gone a minute quicker if I had to pace it a bit differently. You'd, you'd rather, finish a race feeling that way than feeling the other way thinking I should have slowed down a bit and not yeah. blown up and had a horrible experience. Yeah. Cost yourself like five or 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that was awesome. Yeah. Should we wrap it there? I think so. Oh, thanks heaps for coming on Clive. That was, um, you were like a pro mate. You should start your own podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm uh, flattered. You guys find me interesting enough to, yeah. Talk to it's uh yeah. No, mate. We like I was saying to the boys, we've got to get Clive on because we need to figure out what he's done to just come, go from sort of like nothing to where you are now. It's just it's incredible. And well, it's yeah. yeah. Uh, that so that um book by Skiba, I reckon he spells it out better than I possibly could. Um like I don't do everything he he talks about, but he yeah. It, if um if you can get your hands on that and map something out for your next big event as a self if you're a self-coached athlete that'll go a long way i reckon and keep up the weight training um consistent we talked about this the other day on our run steve um consistent training is key like there's no magic workout that's going to make you you know spectacular race like this it's just consistency so that's the other beautiful thing about those cv interval training sessions is you just you can just do them year round like i'm I, my training isn't sexy i just do k reps followed by you know three or four halves and that's what we do most weeks and seems to be working. Tell everyone what the halves mean, mate. Uh, halves, are, halves are short for hard as fuck. So we, <laughs> we like to do the CV reps and then top it off at the end with, um, yeah, four by say 200 meters or 300 meters, just all out. Um, yeah, and the idea of that cool. is just to really work on that top speed, but also train yourself to work hard after already working really hard. Um, yeah. And then, you know, that just, just conditions you after doing it week after week. It's one and of the coolest things just, I see when you write that on your on your um when you log your run and it's like yeah, <laughs> this three hard as fucks and it's like holy shit. 
<laughs> could have said, said ballistic, but hard as fuck sounds way better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seems to be working anyway. Yeah. Your runs aren't sexy, but I've got to say, if Stephen Butcher has the sexy hair, you've got the sexiest quads in the business. <laughs> Thank you. And the mo. And the, the mo at the moment is awesome. Yeah. You're such a legend, Clive. Well done. Yeah, cheers. Oh, great chat, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and good yeah. luck at Gold Coast. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. And you too, I'm excited to see what you can do. Yeah, me too. Yeah, definitely you guys will be someone to watch down there. I know Steve, I'll be the first on the phone when he won't answer. He'll ring me back. <laughs> I'm hopeless. My phone's always on silent. Like, it must cost me a fortune, eh? Because I never, I never answer the phone. Yeah, it's going to be such a big running event with so many people that I follow that are going to, they're going to PB. Everyone's going to PB. Yeah, it should be a great day. A lot of there's, I think we've got 14 bush turkeys doing the marathon too. Yeah. So, um, and who knows how many Morton Bay Road runners? Probably at least 20, 30. Yeah. yeah. It's sold out. I yeah. Heard. It's completely sold out. Hey, just quickly, Steve, um, we, you and I had a chat about your run on Saturday um, and you said Carl was right in the mix. He was right there with you. And I think you, your splits and his splits are like within one second of each other, right up to that fourth K. You you um, negative split and he just held on to the same pace. So yeah, you I, I, didn't, I didn't even get a chance to say good day to him because I didn't see him yeah. afterwards or before, but he was like, he was quite away in front of me most of the way. Yeah. And yeah. then I think with about a K to go, I went past him and I was, I, I had it in my mind. Like, you know, you were saying Clive about psychologically you can sort of chicken out. Yes. I had it in my mind the, the weeks leading into that, that whatever happened, there was no way I was going to let the voices inside my head oh, tell me to slow down or anything. And that's so, so funny. I was at the exact same experience building up to it. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and so when that did, I did, did start to have those like, Oh man, it's hurting. Slow down. Like, you know, you can't maintain. Oh, it's just shut up, shut up. And then when I hit that K to go, I was like, yeah, you told yourself you were going to let it go. Now don't be a pussy and go for it. <laughs> and that, and yeah, and that's, that's awesome. That's kind of when I started passing people on the, you must've run a, what was your last split then? 310 or 311, I think. So oh, 309, all the others are 323, 324. Yeah, Carl, didn't Carl do a, um, he did like a 17, 15 or something. Yeah, he was 17 low, I think. Like, so. Yeah. So that happened in the last K. That's an enormous. I think he, Carl, Carl dropped off his. They were the same pace for the first, second, third, fourth kilometers. Like, they were exactly the same. So, whatever they started out as and their splits were exactly the same. It's just Carl dropped the last kilometer by five seconds and Steve accelerated by 15 or something. So, if you had held your pace, you wouldn't have broken 17 then. Yeah, so, that's what I was worried about. I was like, yeah, you've just got to go. Don't, so you really dug deep then, eh? Don't regret yeah. it. Just go That's for awesome. Yeah. I love how you guys um use the word rinsed. So Steve <laughs> rinsed himself in that last kilometer, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I come over the finish line and I was like, if there wasn't as many people around, I probably would have just laid down. But I yeah. just look for somewhere to sit down straight away. Well, that's what running's all about, isn't it? Like that yeah. part that you hate so much that you dread is actually why you run. You just want to, you want to, get to that point you want to enter the labyrinth and and just yeah challenge yourself mentally more than anything else yeah exactly yeah. unreal wicked oh we will catch you next week thanks again clive good yeah. luck at goldie yeah. thanks guys thanks. you too thanks mate we'll um good luck with guzzler steve yeah oh mate i'm looking forward to it eh? I'm, i think i'll knock a big chunk off my um time from last year given how i'm feeling oh like, awesome. sounds like it. Run. yeah yeah good stuff Thank you.
Yeah. For sure. Wicked. All right. See you later. Cheers. See, See ya. Mine, 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 mine.